you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. We continue in Season 7 of Biblical Counseling Today, devoted to the topic of spiritual warfare in the life of the Christian. Satan, as the great deceiver and imitator, works to confuse the Christian at every turn. We need to learn to respond with biblical logic in order to clear up the confusion. This is what we first learn of Satan in God's Word. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. So it makes sense that Satan inhabits the serpent, since he is the crafty one. He is so sneaky in his temptations and seductions. His first recorded statement in God's Word is, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Satan must have known exactly what God said to Adam and Eve, but he comes to Eve with a crafty twisting of God's words. Of course, God didn't say they couldn't eat from any tree. That doesn't make any sense. But do you see the subtle accusation towards God? God is demanding. God expects too much from you. God's ways are too limiting. God keeps you from the good things in life. At first, Eve seemed to swat away Satan's lie. No, Satan, he didn't say that. We can eat from the fruit trees in the garden. But she then goes on to add to what God actually said. God told Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Eve added these words. Neither shall you touch it. Now, why did she do that? Could it be that she had bought into Satan's subtle accusations about how limiting God is? Eve imitated Satan in this way. Not only had God told us not to eat of the tree, he's so mean and unloving that we can't even touch it. All we get from this God is limitations on our freedom. Satan now has her partway on his team. Then he goes in for the kill. He says to Eve, you shall not die. God knows on the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. In other words, God has been lying to them about dying. But worse than that, God is keeping them from becoming like him. He is the ultimate dictator trying to keep people down. He doesn't want the competition. So he puts this arbitrary limit around this tree that will actually give them knowledge of good and evil that they need. Well, that's all it took for Eve. After all, the fruit was already attractive. Now she believed that God was wrongly limiting her life. Satan twisted God's words with partial truths and outright lies. He sold Eve and then Adam on the belief that they could be unlimited like God rather than just some limited creature. Well, that's the topic of our podcast today. Satan wants to confuse you with talk of an unlimited life. While biblical logic celebrates the fact 
that we are limited. Naomi has been married to her husband, Otto, for nearly 20 years. They are both Christians who want to have a biblical marriage. But Naomi has been recently contemplating divorce on almost a daily basis. Otto hasn't committed adultery or been abusive. He just tends to be a controlling guy and pretty selfish at times. She feels so caged up and longs for the freedom other wives have. She is struggling with her limitations. Patrick is a 16-year-old who describes himself as being depressed. He hates his school. He doesn't like his family. He says he has no friends. Nothing seems to go right for him in this life. Patrick says he's a Christian and he believes that God wants him to have friends, go to another school, and do things his parents won't let him do, like play soccer. Patrick is struggling with his limitations. We'll get back to Naomi, Otto, and Patrick later on. Let's begin by taking a big picture look at another of Satan's weapons against us, the lie that we human beings are or should be unlimited. Eve was told the easy way she could become just like God, basically being an unlimited deity. All she had to do was disobey God and eat of the forbidden fruit. Satan's confusing lie has permeated our culture, especially our modern American culture, taking many different forms. Here are a few current examples. You do not have to be limited by the gender you were born with. If you don't like it, you can choose to change gender to match how you feel about yourself. The entertainment media constantly sends our children these messages. You are full of potential. The sky is the limit. You can be anything you want to be. Don't accept any limits anyone puts on you. A young lady is asked to play on the men's college football team as a place kicker. This feat is lauded as historic because it shows young girls that they can do anything they want to do. Modern science should be able to stop every disease, every natural disaster, even every death, if we just do what the scientists tell us to do. We need to stop the climate from changing. We need to protect ourselves from every virus. We need to employ every technology and spend all our money on physical health. We can become like gods. I'm sure you can think of many more examples. Everywhere you turn, there are loud voices preaching the false gospel of human unlimitedness. And again, it all started in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve shed their limits, confused into thinking there was something wrong with them. Okay, now let's walk through some of the major unlimited lies that Satan throws at us in in more detail. Let's apply them also to our case studies and work to defend our minds with good biblical logic. Well, here's unlimited lie number one. You can be like God. As I mentioned earlier, this is Satan's original lie. He led Eve to eat of the forbidden fruit by specifically saying that it would give her ultimate knowledge of good and evil just like God has. Now, there are plenty of false religions and mystic philosophies that claim you are God 
or that you can enter into oneness with God. But as a Christian, you are probably not going to follow one of those religions. So how do Christians get confused by this particular lie? Well, first, it plays into the sinful desire we already have to be our own God. We would love to be in control. We would love to be all-knowing and all-seeing. Satan tells us that we can know all things. He appeals to our know-it-all pride. Do you ever struggle with this? I certainly do. We can be led to believe that if we just think hard enough, deep enough, do our research, do the calculations, we can figure anything out. The modern mind doesn't like to admit its limitations or that there are any mysteries. So Satan uses this to just puff us up with knowledge. We end up knowing too much, more than we should about a lot of things. Too much information that just creates sinful fear and anxiety. And this is not just about knowing information. It's about knowing what's best for us and other people. Like many teenagers, Patrick knows what's best for himself, he thinks. His parents are fools. They haven't thought deeply enough like he has. Being all-knowing like God also means we can be in control of our world. This, too, just creates anxiety as we fight for control, trying to control what we cannot control. Patrick also wants control over his life, which just leads to anxiety and depression. Now, when Satan tempted Eve, she became confused, thinking about things she didn't need to. God had put the limit out. Don't eat this fruit. Satan got her looking at the fruit, seeing that it was attractive, and thinking about how God was unfair to limit her. That's what Satan does to us when he lies about how we can be like God, how we can become our own gods. Then we start to let our minds chase after knowledge that is not intended for us, thinking that we have to figure everything out on our own. Well, now let's turn to limited truth number one. You can grow in Christ-likeness. Every lie of Satan's has some truth, which makes it so appealing to us. If God made us in his image, doesn't that make us like God? Yes, we have many of his attributes, ones that are communicable to us. So we can gain knowledge, but we can't be all-knowing. We have a will so we can make decisions, but we are not in control of the universe. We are responsible for our lives, but again, we don't have all control over our lives. Yes, we've been made in God's image, but that doesn't mean we are or will ever be God. He will always be creator and we will always be his creations. Even when we get to heaven, we do not become God or angels or little gods of some kind. We are limited here on earth by our finiteness. We are not infinite like God. He has no beginning and no end. We have a beginning and we have an earthly end. Thankfully, we do inherit eternal life. But that doesn't make us infinite beings. So the truth is that we should strive to be like Christ, not long to be God. Yes, Jesus is God, but being like Christ has a whole other connotation. 
It puts the focus on Christ's character, his righteousness, his holiness. It doesn't seek to be all-powerful or all-glorious. When we seek to grow to be like Christ as children of God, we actually stop striving to be like God. Now let's think about unlimited lie number two. You can be anything you want to be. Now, I get why the world advertises that you can be all that you can be in the army or anywhere else in society. We want to encourage people to work hard, to use those gifts and talents, to strive for excellence. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. But Satan twists and uses this thinking to confuse us with another notion of being unlimited If you think about it, it's actually absurd to say to someone that he or she can be whatever they want to be. No, they can't. We all have all kinds of limitations, physical limitations, cognitive and mental limitations, personality limitations, situational limitations, time and space limitations. Satan tells us that if we just work hard enough and want it bad enough, we can do it. While that may be a good motivational message, it's just not true. Sure, we hear stories about people who trained and worked and strived and they got the reward. And yes, again, we should work hard and pursue goals. But the lie of being unlimited will also produce great anger, bitterness, and depression when it just doesn't happen. Patrick had worked hard for years to be a star athlete, but it hasn't worked out for him. He thinks it's because his parents have limited him, but it is God who has put the limits around him. So what's the truth then? Well, that leads us to limited truth number two. You can become what God wants you to be. Satan's lies always make us more self-centered and self-focused. They tempt us to look away from God and what He wants in our lives. As Christians, we should be longing to be what God wants us to be. But maybe we secretly believe that God wants something for our lives that we won't enjoy, or that will be too hard or too boring or not make us enough money. And how do we know what God wants us to be anyway? Well, that begins with the confidence, with the faith that God will accomplish his purposes in our lives, that he will make us into what he wants us to be. No, we don't just sit back and wait for a word from the Lord to figure out a school major or a career or a calling. We pursue our passions and ask God to mold those into what he wants us to be and do. We should want our passions to be God's and to be what he wants us to be. This will bring rest and peace rather than anxiety and restlessness. Knowing that I am limited to be only what God wants me to be gives peace of mind and expectant joy for what he will do in my life. Okay, here's another one of Satan's confusing lies. Unlimited lie number three. You don't have to live within the limits of God's law. Let's go back to Adam and Eve again. God made the limits very clear, didn't he? He gave them the consequences as well. You will surely die. Satan comes along and contradicts God. 
you won't surely die. In other words, you don't have to obey God. He's lying to you. Non-Christians see God's law as limiting their freedom. Sure, there are some laws that non-Christians would agree with, but overall, the law is simply restricting. Christians can be deceived by Satan to think similarly about God's commands. The technical theological term for this sort of thinking is antinomianism, which literally means against the law. The antinomian believes that Christians don't have to obey God's law. Naomi, who is contemplating divorce, is falling for Satan's confusion. Where God's word commands her to stay committed in marriage to Otto, she doesn't like that limit. The Bible teaches that only sexual sin and abandonment of the marriage qualify as biblical grounds for divorce. These are seen by many Christians as being way too limiting. Naomi has come to see her marriage vows as a prison sentence, not a blessing from the Lord. Often the reasoning goes like this. I know this is a sin, but God will forgive me since all my sins have been covered by the blood of Christ. True, yet very sad. Willful rebellion is never good for the Christian. Presuming forgiveness is rooted in pride rather than in humility. Some Christians don't even know God's laws and Christ's commands because they don't read their Bible or get good teaching and preaching at their church. So they can be in ignorance about the limits of God's law, which Satan loves. So instead, we as Christians need to embrace the truth of our limits with limited truth number three. You are free when you live within God's law and God's limits. True freedom for the Christian is not found in having no laws, but within a relationship with Christ. It is only in Christ that we are truly free from slavery to the law. The law is that tutor that shows us our need for Christ, but it also provides that protective boundary from destruction. Naomi doesn't realize that God's command to not divorce her husband, since she doesn't have biblical grounds, protects her from other problems and protects her husband and children as well. The limit of marriage gives her the freedom to work on her marriage, to grow in grace herself, and to learn to love another with the love of Christ. God's commands are not arbitrary, and Jesus says that they are not burdensome. What is too heavy for us as human beings is to create our own laws or to pick and choose which ones to obey and which ones to disobey. Satan wants us to define freedom as having no limits, as having no master, as having no law. But our freedom comes from submitting to God's limits in our lives. Well, then there's unlimited lie number four. You should have unlimited choices. Remember again that Adam and Eve could eat from all the trees of the Garden of Eden, except one. Now, how many trees do you think there were in the Garden of Eden? 10, 50, 100? Even if there were just a few, they had other choices and probably a lot of other choices. But Satan tempted them and tempts us to look at life like it should be an all-you-can-eat buffet. Life should have unlimited choices. Again, no limits. 
Freedom of choice has even become the principle for killing unborn babies. I should have unlimited choice to do anything with my body. Well, Patrick is also confused by this lie. He believes he should have the freedom to choose whatever he wants to choose. Now, we certainly have choices and lots of them. One of our problems is that we have too many options and too much to choose from. But Satan keeps pointing our hearts toward those options that aren't supposed to be options, convincing us that they are better options. The old saying, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, certainly applies. What we want to do is get rid of that fence altogether. Which leads us to limited truth number four. You should enjoy God's choices for you. Now, why couldn't Adam and Eve just enjoy all the amazing fruit from the rest of the trees of the garden? Why can't Naomi enjoy being married to Otto? Why can't Patrick enjoy the family he was born into, the choices made for him by his parents? It is sad how ungrateful we are for the things we have been given by God. Our hearts are often filled with covetousness, wanting more options, more choices, things that are better than what we currently have. As many choices as we do have, the ultimate choices belong to the Lord. He is sovereign and in control of our lives. He is the one who determines the days of our lives. He is the one who chooses our parents, our mates, our children, our jobs. No, I'm not discounting that we do make choices and are responsible for all those choices. But a right understanding of ourselves and God is that we choose what God has chosen for us. It is so easy to live a life full of regrets, thinking that if we made different choices, things would be so much better. Certainly, we must repent of sinful choices and seek new obedience. But to be depressed over where we are in life negates God's sovereign choices for us. Now, there are those who believe that God is the one limited by our choices. But the truth is that we are limited by His choices, His sovereign will. We can either enjoy what God has chosen or be constantly disappointed. The greatest grace is that He chose you as His child in the first place. Next, unlimited lie number five. You are being kept in bondage by God. This is the lie that keeps non-Christians disinterested in following Jesus. They think of all the things they'll have to give up and go without. God is the warden of a prison with harsh rules and exacting punishments. Satan confused Eve with this lie, making it sound like God was keeping them locked up by restricting one tree. Christians could also come to think that their lives are a prison while evildoers roam free. So marriage has become bondage for Naomi. School and family life have become bondage for Patrick. Think about how prisoners act. They are either miserable and depressed, or they are constantly trying to escape. Then there are those prisoners who spend their time trying to make other people in the prison miserable as well. Satan wants us to see God as a cruel taskmaster expecting too much out of us, and giving us little joy in life. Sure, he lets us go out into the prison yard for some exercise for a while every day, but then we're locked back into our cells. Well, let's counter this with limited truth number five. It is your sin 
that keeps you in bondage. Biblical logic tells us that God is a freeing God, a delivering God, a saving God. It is actually our own sin that keeps us limited. Before we become Christians, our sin is our taskmaster dictating how we will live. We are slaves to sin and death. But even Christians can put themselves back under the yoke of slavery. Naomi's responses to her husband Otto come from her slavery to her anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. She needs to have eyes of faith that can see the freedom she has to serve God in her marriage, to learn to love her husband unconditionally, even when it brings pain. Yes, when we become Christians, we become slaves of righteousness. But that is a freeing slavery, not a bondage. Naomi has the freedom to love another sinner who doesn't love her well. Now, this may not sound very appealing, but it is God's design for her sanctification. Patrick is also free to serve God where he is instead of seeking to be freed from that service. Our definitions of freedom are not usually consistent with what God's Word teaches. We see freedom as an opportunity to serve self. Instead, the Bible teaches we are free to serve God better. What seems like prison life is the safety and security of the walls of the kingdom of God. Well, just two more. Unlimited line number six, you can have it all. Otto is believing some of Satan's unlimited lies as well. He wants to have a loving wife and a good marriage, but he doesn't want to work on it himself too much. I've seen and counsel many men who fashion their marriage in an attempt to be married and single at the same time. Again, our culture shouts this lie of Satan's, you can have it all. You can be a Christian, yet also be rich and successful. No, I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and be wealthy. I'm just talking about the heart idol of pursuing worldly wealth that typically minimizes a Christian witness or the sacrifices God calls us to make as Christians. Satan always wants us to serve two masters, God and money, God and our possessions, God and fame, God and power. The prosperity gospel is the ultimate expression of this satanic lie. God wants you to be rich, always healthy, enjoying everything this world has to offer. Satan offers us all the gold and glitter in this world. But at what cost? Let's counter that with limited truth number six. You don't need it all. God has promised to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Do you believe that? I'm not sure Naomi or Patrick do. It's so easy to look at even other Christians and think that they have it all or they have it so easy. But the truth is that they usually don't. More importantly, you may want it all, but you certainly don't need it all. Having it all doesn't make life better. It certainly doesn't make you grow in Christ more or become more useful in his kingdom. There is a limit to how much you need in this life. Our constant pursuit of our wants brings about many other ills and problems in this life. Does God bless us with some of those things we want? Definitely. He is not some austere God who gives us the bare necessities. 
What we should desire is for God to give us what we need so that we would be able to be better servants for him. Would having perfect financial security make you a more giving or loving person? I doubt it. Would fame and friends and popularity make you more at peace and give you great joy in the Lord? I don't think so. God gives us what we need. We need to learn contentment within those limits. And then unlimited lie number seven. You should always be happy. Satan confuses us with this lie because it feels so good to be happy. What kind of person wants to be sad? We all want happy endings. The lie of unlimited happiness leads many people into addiction. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, entertainment, binge-watching, anything to keep the happiness flowing. Eve looked at the fruit and ultimately saw it as something that would not just make her wise, but would also make her happy. Naomi doesn't see much ability to, to be happy in her present marriage. Patrick has absolutely no happiness in his life right now. Now, we will spend an entire episode on the subject of happiness, so we will leave it there. We can certainly enjoy those happy times and situations, but the goal is not to be unlimited in our happiness. So let's counter that with limited truth number seven. You should always have joy in the Lord. This last limited truth is actually an unlimited truth. The Christian can have unlimited joy in the Lord. Joy isn't dependent on our circumstances. It's not a feeling that comes and goes. It's an attitude of the heart and a state of mind. Again, we'll take a deep dive into happiness and joy in a later podcast. The key for this last truth is that joy can be unlimited because the love of God for us is unlimited. When our joy stays focused in the Lord, it stays with us. So we must help our friends Naomi, Otto, and Patrick grab hold of joy in the midst of their God-given limitations. To cut through Satan's confusing lies, we must hold on to the truth of God's unlimitedness. We should want a God who is unlimited in order to give us the safe and secure limits we need. Don't let Satan fool you into seeking to be unlimited, or you will miss a joyful life of living within God's limits. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.